Till I'm Millie in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Ever since starting to record these podcasts, I've wanted to say that line. And for those of you who don't know, that was my version of the legendary Troy and Abbott in the morning from an epic show called Community, a series about a study group at a community college. And the reason this show is so great is not only the connection in the group, but every individual is appreciated for who they are, flaws and all. Yeah, I think that's a really lovely thing, actually. And it's just a really nice way to start talking about some of our own personal differences. Because we're all unique in our own way, and it is our differences that actually build our personalities and make our societies interesting, as well as allowing us to form meaningful connections with others. Exactly. And something I've tended to dislike about myself is my anxiety. But after years of feeling like I was battling it, I now recognise it as a personal quality that does in fact make me unique, and something I have grown to accept and understand. And so today's podcast is going to be all about anxiety and student life and to encourage others that it's okay to talk about these things. Yeah, one thing I've loved about working with you, Tilda, is that you always prioritise your mental health and you make sure that others do as well, as well as openly discussing it. You're definitely an icon of the world and the changes you want to see in it. Oh, thank you, Millie. That means so much to me. I think it's important that we're all open about our mental health and that we're always encouraging the people around us to open up and be honest with themselves. So I'm really glad that I've had that impact on you and you've certainly empowered me to feel more comfortable with who I am too. Aww. (laughs) Okay, with all of that said, let's start our journey through living the student life with anxiety. So I think a really great place to start is all the way at the beginning, our first experience moving to university. Yeah, so I hope you don't mind if I start. Go um, for it. I remember my first night living in a shared house because I didn't move into halls and so nervous. I, I remember my mum leaving and I was just watching out the window, watching her leave. And I was just, just I think I just broke down in tears and spent, like, I think I cried myself to sleep that night because I was so scared. And obviously it gets better, but it's just that first time when you first do something big and by yourself is like absolutely terrifying sometimes. I don't know how you found it, Tilda. I think it's so good that we're both here talking about it because my experience was the opposite. For the first time in my teenage life, I didn't feel anxious and I was just so excited to get there. And I threw my bags down and just kind of forgot about everything. But it's very easy to think that that's how everybody feels. So I think it's really important to be able to compare that. Sometimes you might be excited about change or sometimes it might be really nerve wracking and really emotional for you. And both are equally valid experiences. And there's not a normal way to start university. Everybody starts it and feels differently about it. Yeah, exactly. I I definitely think when you're coming to university, you have to manage your expectations and not put too much pressure on yourself when you first get here to you know acclimatize immediately to make loads of friends to reinvent yourself the minute you step into your student accommodation because moving to university is a big deal and even for the most confident among us it's okay to be a bit nervous and it's okay to be anxious and it's okay if you get here that you might feel just a bit sad or a bit tired and then there's absolutely no judgment there. Yeah, and I think 
moving to university now has got to be that bit more nerve-wracking because you've got this whole coronavirus situation you don't really know what to expect you don't know what you're going to be allowed to do when you get here so just take it a step at a time and just keep following the guidelines obviously see if you can meet your housemates before as well like on social media or something like that that might help you guys get talking yeah that's the thing we thought we had things to be nervous about but I totally sympathize that it's possibly even more nerve-wracking coming to university now and it's such an amazing achievement if you've decided to come in September yeah so hopefully this podcast will be really helpful for you because you've made that big decision and the world's going to be a bit different so I just hope that me and Millie can chat with you and help you feel a little bit more comfortable about coming yeah so if you do feel a bit nervous or anxious we want to give you some tips about our own techniques or the things that we've done to help you figure out what works for you and how you can manage your stress and anxiety before coming. So Tilda, is there anything that you do when you get anxious that helps you de-stress? Yeah, I found as I came to university, I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot about which techniques truly helped my anxiety and which ones didn't work for me because it's not one size fits all. And as difficult as it sounds, you do have to try lots of things out until something works for you and you know luckily for students you will have moments of time where you can invest that time into yourself and work out what techniques what tips really help reduce your stress or reduce your anxiety and I think for me when I came in first year I kind of tried to channel all of my anxiety through exercise maybe to an excess I was really tired I was definitely getting injured a lot And although exercise was really useful for me and my stress and anxiety, it obviously couldn't be the only tool in my arsenal. So as I came into second year, I actually started um, accessing counselling services and speaking to trained counsellors, because it doesn't matter if your problem feels big or small. um, There's free counselling with the university and in the local area. And if you can get access to it and you find it useful, take advantage of it because that was transformative for me. And then when I came into my third year and then eventually my master's year, I really found the energy and the patience to start learning mindfulness and meditation and doing some sort of cognitive behavioral therapy style things when you're questioning your thoughts and you're calming your mind and you're getting all the clutter out of your brain. And I was able to do that because I'd already invested time and energy into myself the years prior. So I would love to give just one technique and one tip that will help you. But I really think that my biggest piece of advice is just that it is a journey and every year you'll find a tool that works better for you. And every year you'll get better at using it and you'll just grow and develop and your ability to take care of your own well-being and reduce your own stress will improve as you continue through your university journey. I don't know how your experience was, Millie, but that was certainly it for me. Yeah, I've got to completely agree with that statement. You said that one technique doesn't solve everything. And if it solves everything for one person, it won't be the same for the other, everyone else, if you see what I mean. So what works for you might not work for someone else and what works for someone else might not work for you. So a number of the things that you said, I also did. So I was able to access the counselling services and have someone to just talk at, really. 
which was really great for me, but it might not work for you and that you might not find that helps because maybe you find things difficult to talk about. But something that I tried to try to do was read a lot of books, like self-help books, and some of them worked and some of them didn't. I had a really great one. It had a bit of a rude name, so I can't really say it, but it was like hardcore self-help. It said and just how to deal with anxiety and just how to cope with everyday life. And you've got to maybe find some books that you think will be useful to have a read through. Not all of them are amazing. Some of them are quite repetitive. Um, but that certainly helped me. Also, I used a few like breathing techniques when everything got a bit overwhelming. So I'd take a few deep breaths, touch something and remember like about where I am in the physical space rather than being in my mind. Because sometimes just being, you forget that you're in the physical space and you just concentrate on your thoughts and everything that's going on in your mind and it's just not always healthy to live in your mind you've got to live in the real world and the here and now honestly yeah. <laughs> me too it's so reassuring really to like talk to you and hear some of the techniques I use reflected back to me I learned about breathing techniques and stuff kind of in second year because I started having panic attacks and I, when I started doing it, I just thought there's no way this is going to make a difference. This deep breathing, holding your breath for so ever long, stomping mm-hmm. your feet or like tapping your hands or whatever, because it just seems so simple. And then when I started doing it, I think you've worded it so beautifully. You really do step outside of your brain and back into the physical world. And everything is so much more manageable when you get back into the physical world and you're not being sort of controlled by your thoughts or your worries and it just yeah I I found breathing exercises are such a good tool because you can learn them through YouTube or through an app Mm -hmm. I had this man with a really beautiful Scottish voice on YouTube (laughs) teach me how to do breathing exercises and it's so empowering to know that you can take control of a situation when you're feeling stressed or when you're feeling anxious so it's so awesome that that worked for you as well yeah I used to do a bit of like meditation as well I had a friend that would do it like every day for an hour um, and he couldn't sleep without it he had insomnia but if he meditated his insomnia insomnia would go away and he'd be able to actually sleep and it was just like the power of meditation sometimes and just part of meditation is just getting back to the physical sensations and feelings and what can you smell what can you hear what can you see what can you touch and that's I like that because sometimes you get so wrapped up in worries and things like that I just remember I would worry so much about things I couldn't even control and someone telling me to not worry wasn't helping no I I just had to find something find a release and meditation was really helpful it's not for everyone but if you are curious about it and haven't tried it just give it a go and you've got nothing to lose yeah that's such great advice everything is worth trying and trying well and if it doesn't work for you that's okay don't feel down about it don't completely write off every other type of self-help you can do just give it a try and if it doesn't work for you leave it try something else there'll be something out there that you'll find helpful and you'll find empowering you just might not find it straight away yeah I found like another thing was just talking to my mum or like a loved one Sometimes you can feel like you're putting a burden on someone by talking about your feelings and your stresses. But honestly, you really aren't. It didn't occur to me. Like when someone talks to me about their stresses, I don't feel burdened. I just want to try and help them or just be there to listen because that's what someone needs sometimes. 
So talking to my mum, she'd help talk me through things or one of my best friends. It's just really nice to be able to actually openly talk to people that I love about how I'm feeling and they can support me and I can support them as well when I'm when I'm feeling well and in a good place. So it's a two-way thing. Don't ever try and like feel like you're putting too much on someone by talking about your anxieties, really. That's it. The people who love you will want to hear it because they want to connect with you and they might not be able to fix your problems and most people will know that but just talking about something can just halve the burden and make you feel so much lighter. Yeah and I mean like if something ever did happen to you they would want to know how they could have helped avoid anything. They would want to know how they could have supported you more. Mm -hmm. Exactly so shout out to parents, parent figures and students who are out there making their own family because those are the people who really help you get through the tough times yeah so alongside obviously these tools and methods that are very well-being mental health focused I think it's really important that we have a little chat about how the way we take care of our physical health can also affect how you're feeling especially your well-being whilst at university Yeah. And you mentioned already a bit about exercise and it is a really great tool, but like you said, it couldn't be the only tool that you used, but it does help you. It's like a prevention tool that stops you from going too far, like down a bad road, if you see what I mean. It can help you just give you endorphins and help you to channel your energy in a positive way. Yeah, exactly. And I think I learned quite quickly on at university that exercise can make you feel awesome but you know it's not magic and you do have to put in some time and energy into yourself in other ways but it's certainly one of the most accessible tools because there's so many different ways to exercise and get your heart rate up you don't have to go running you don't even have to get up from your chair there are so many ways to elevate your heart rate and get those endorphins going that I think Mm -hmm. it really is accessible regardless of how capable you're feeling mentally or physically there's a way that you can find a way to get that heart rate up even if you're doing you know two minutes waving your arms above your head which I have definitely done there was one time when I broke my ankle at university and my mental health was so bad and I just remember sitting on a chair and sort of punching the air and waving my hands above my head to get my heart up and it actually made a massive difference. So wow, <laughs> exactly. So don't be afraid to look silly. Just find a way to get moving that works for you. It can be really beneficial and it might not be for everybody, but it's definitely worth a try. Yeah. And sometimes you've got to trial a couple of exercises to see what you find most enjoyable and that you want to do again, because I didn't find anything that I really liked. I hated the gym and it wasn't until I started doing like yoga that I was actually like, wow, I enjoyed this. It's making me feel really good at myself. Sometimes it's a bit tough, but I'm really enjoying it. And I was able to do it throughout lockdown with my my yoga instructor. She put her sessions on Instagram, which was really great. And I'm sure a lot of other people have done the same, done workouts from home on Instagram and things like that, which you can check out. But that was really good. So I managed to do like a solid two months of yoga just at home. Uh, I was in a little routine then and it really helped me mentally. Bet you felt great after that. Yeah, <laughs> I was able to do um, burpees and everything. Now I can't do it because I've stopped it, but I need to find some other exercise to do. I am so impressed. You'll never catch me doing a burpee. 
<laughs> no, I, I was able to do it for a solid three three minutes of burpees. It was great. That's commitment. You go down. <laughs> so what other tips have we got? We've just been talking about moving a lot, which is awesome, great, but let's get down to it. You've also got to sleep. You've got to rest. You've got to chill out. And I know this is a contentious topic at university because let's face it, we're studying, we're working part-time jobs, we're living in shared accommodation. We might be doing nights out or we might be doing late nights at the library. Your Mm -hmm. sleeping pattern is probably going to suffer a little bit and you probably won't notice until you start to feel quite bad. And what you want to do is avoid that happening and just take a moment at the start of each semester to think about how you're using your time and just make sure you've got a couple of nights a week where you're in bed, you're chilling, you're trying to get an early night or at least trying to get a couple of hours of good solid sleep. Yeah, I think sometimes you can get in the habit of having not very much sleep in a night and having a nap in the day and then you don't go to bed until later and then you get in the cycle of just having naps and naps all the time and sometimes it's inevitable because your housemates can be quite loud but maybe have a chat to them and see if they can be a bit more respectful if they are being a bit loud because I think people will respect it if you've everyone needs sleep and if you've got work and uni and everything to do you're going to need to be focused and hopefully they'll be respectful of that. Yeah, your living situation can impact your ability to sleep. And it can also, you know, impact how much you're enjoying your time at university. So it is important to find a space where you feel comfortable whilst you're at university too. Yeah. So as well as exercise and sleep, you also need to make sure that you're eating well. It can be really easy to just have, I don't know, a takeaway after every night out or whatever, or if you're in the library to just go and grab some crisps or some like fast food or something like that but try and make sure that you are cooking fresh food for yourself it will make a big difference to your well-being so you're telling me that me eating an entire packet of oreos in the library at midnight isn't going to be good for my (laughs) mental health that's a shock (laughs) i know right yeah i think i used to watch this program and it was about people who had long-term illnesses and the doctor would, would put them on a diet, um, not like a, a weight loss diet, but just like a healthy diet and recommend certain types of food. And it would cure like a lot of their illnesses that they hadn't been able to get rid of. And it was, I was actually so impressed because you can honestly change so much about your lifestyle and your well-being by the food you eat. Because we all know that you, if you eat just rubbish, you do start to feel like rubbish. Never underestimate the power of some kale is that what we're saying (laughs) yeah a bit of kale in the oven with salt and pepper not Mm, bad (laughs) delicious and do remember dear listeners that whilst we are not medical professionals we have been students for quite a while and we do know what it's like it's so easy to grab for a pot noodle and by all means eat what you want and don't let yourself have any guilt about it but also do respect your body and maybe eat some vegetables once in a while because it can drastically improve your mood. 100%. Okay, we've talked about physical activity, sleeping, eating well. So a couple of other things is to make sure you're actually enjoying yourself. Do something every day, ideally, but once a week, 
to make yourself feel happy and for just for you so whether that's going for a walk by yourself or maybe you enjoy I don't know drawing or whatever it might be do something for your own pleasure yeah at uni it can be so easy to get caught up with studying or the things that the people around you want to do and it's one of the many joys of becoming part of a community at university but often the things that you truly want to do or you're truly interested in can take a back seat so make sure you prioritize time for that for me it was actually giving myself a quiet hour to go read a book for fun and that wasn't particularly in vogue at my university accommodation but nobody judged me for it and once I started prioritizing that time to go and read in a corner by myself I felt so much better and I could give that energy back to my friends at a later time anyway. Yeah and I absolutely love reading as well but like it never seems to be on my list of things to do because you're always focused on I don't know work or or whatever and it always just would take a backseat with me but I absolutely love it so I'm gonna have to take a, a tip from your book and go and take some time as well. It's okay, you can have that piece of advice for free, Millie, it's fine. (laughs) Thank you. And all of these things that we're talking about, obviously they do come from our personal experience, but you can also find this information repeated online at really great places such as Student Minds, who champion mental health for university students. So don't just take it from us, do do your own research, read some other student stories and have a think about what's going to work for you. Yeah, Student Minds is a great site and something I've definitely looked at in order to even make this stuff for the podcast. But another service from at the university actually offers is the Student Hub and how to chat to them about what they offer for all of our students. So Tilda, how do we find out about the Student Hub? Great question, Millie, and I'm sure a question that is on the tip of the tongues for all our new and returning students, because the Student Hub actually only really opened its doors to all students, not just new students, January 2020. So it's something that we're all going to have to get familiar with, and we are at the start of the journey right along with you guys. The Hub is located in the library, which is pretty awesome because it means you can find it so easily. Yeah, exactly. And it's right in front of you as you walk in. They have everything there from not just well-being, they can support you with careers advice as well as academic support and things like that. So it's not just a place to go about well-being, it's it's just uh, everything you might ever want to know about university and life afterwards as well. I wish I had a student hub when I was studying because I know, what did we even do? What did we do? I honestly, (laughs) I remember walking from building to building to access the different services. Whereas now, if you're coming to university, September 2020, you can access everything the Student Hub has to offer by going online. And you can obviously do this by emailing them. But also, if you go to the Student Hub webpage on the university website, you can actually join a digital waitlist. What this means is that you can say what kind of service or support you're looking for and they'll put you on a digital wait list and you can get on with your day and when there's an advisor or somebody available to speak with you, they'll send you a reminder and you can have your appointment virtually, which is so much more accessible. It means you can get the help you need as soon as possible and it means you don't have to walk on campus. You can always email them at studentservices at plymouth.ac.uk 
or check out their website online. Just search in Google um, Student Services University of Plymouth and you'll be able to find all of their services as well as one really great service that we're probably going to talk about now called Shine, which is self-help inspiring e-resources, which you can also search into Google as well. So it's something that they offer, which includes subscription to self-help resources as well as useful apps. So let's talk about that. Yeah, it's called Shine, but obviously Shine just stands for the self-help resources that university offer. And what's really cool about these self-help resources is that a lot of them have been curated by students and graduates, as well as the wellbeing team. And a lot of them have also come from great third-party sites, such as Student Minds, as well as other mental health charities. So it's a really cool place where you can get lots of information, but they really do have resources for everything. You might be looking for some self-help resources to help you deal with anxiety. It could be depression. It could be, you know, stress about academic work. It could be wanting to talk to somebody about a sexual assault. There's resources for everything, and they're really conveniently grouped under different themes. So it's quite easy to navigate once you find the page. Yeah, exactly. We'll talk through some of the apps that we've either used or have been recommended to us by the staff and students around mental health. So one of the top apps that the university recommend and have signed up to is called Fika, and that's all about mental health. And a couple of the other ones, one of them, this one's a website called Together All, or it might also be called The Big White Wall, and that's an NHS approved site. Do you know a bit more about that, Tilda? The app used to be called Big White Wall, but obviously it's rebranded to Together All as one word. And it's really cool because you can write down your thoughts, your feelings. You could write down a statement or a quote, as well as be able to talk to people on these safely moderated kind of messaging boards. And it's really, really helpful way to feel less alone. And because you can do this all safely but anonymously, it can be really helpful for you at university when maybe you aren't sure who to talk to or who to turn to. Yeah, and I think it gives you that anonymity sometimes because you might not always feel comfortable to speaking, speaking to someone face-to-face, but you might be able to write anonymously and be able to speak more freely. And all you need is your university, I think, student number or email address, but it won't show up any of your details. It will literally just confirm that your institution has a subscription to it which we yeah. do. And you just put in a, a username, which doesn't have to be your name. So how about we have a little chat about Headspace? Yeah, so talking about meditation before, Headspace is the app that I've used quite a lot during every year of my university study. I tend to delete it and then reinstall it when I realise I needed it again. <laughs> but it's a really great app and I really love the guy's voice on it. So it just it just does something to me. It just makes me calm down straight away. So relaxing. Mr. Yeah. Uh, Andy Puddycomb, I think his name is. Lovely. You can get a lot of free episodes on there. And I find that so useful. Sometimes when things are just rushing around in my brain too much, I just put it on some headphones, put it on next to my bed, and I just go to sleep to it because it gives you breathing exercises and makes you manage your mental health a bit better. 
all of these things that we've been saying, they tie together. You need to look after yourself to be able to actually survive and be a functioning human being. So whatever you need to do and whatever resources you need to use to be able to do that, the uni are here to support you. Yeah, and don't worry about trying to find everything out immediately before you get here. And if you're ever in doubt, just contact the student hub and they will help you find what you need to know. So final tips from us. We just really want to emphasize that anxiety is something that so many of us are dealing with on a daily basis. And we are stronger when we're all together and we talk openly and unapologetically about our mental health, our well-being and the things that we're going through. Such a perfect way to end this podcast. And I really can't add anything to that. But I would like to end with this really lovely quote. One small crack does not mean that you are broken. It means that you were put to the test and you didn't fall apart. Thank you, lovely listeners. And we hope you have a wonderful day. 